Are you ready to get real? Welcome to Real Estate, the world's loneliest career, where you're always out of balance, unfulfilled, the role models are fake, the numbers unattainable, and you're just supposed to be and do it all. Join three self-made millionaire real estate agents, wives, moms, and business owners as we level up, learn from special guests, and elevate and disrupt an entire industry through real education our way. Hi, everybody. We're the Homegirls, and we are here today with Curtis Johnson, which is super exciting. He's the founder and CEO of the Curtis Johnson team brokered by EXP Realty, and he's out of Chandler, Arizona. And um, Jess and I had the opportunity to meet him in Phoenix a month or two ago, and we're really excited to have him on the show because he doesn't go on everybody's show. So this is- No, I think I'm like an honorary, like a homegirl today, right? Is that- You are. You're a a homeboy, a home guy. You know, hey, I I grew up in, uh, you know, a house full of women and and stuff like that. So I can, I think I can fit in wherever I need to, kind of like, uh, just kind of morph in. Perfect. So tell us about like your journey into real estate and and how that all came about to start with. Um, well, I mean, the, you know, the genesis of it, I, I guess uh, I got my license in 98, end of 98. I, you know, worked, I don't know, 20 different jobs before that really kind of unstable. Um, and I was working for a real estate attorney who, you know, I kind of got in with, I thought, wow, this is going to be great. And really all it was, was, you know, uh, it sucked, you know, really just taking property from some people, disposing of it. I'm like, there's no winners here. And so I really wanted to get into real estate sales. I was like, I could, I could sell real estate. And my wife, uh, she's, she's an accountant and she worked for, she was a controller at a mortgage company. And so she knew real estate agents. And so she's like, no, no way. You can't do that. Um, and I was like, I can do it. She was like, you don't want to, you don't want to be a part of that. Like, trust me, there's, it's high turnover, um, everything else like that. So I said, well, you know, give me a shot. And so, so we kind of agreed that, you know, I should give me 90 days to go sell a house. And if I couldn't sell a house, I had to go get like a real job. And I knew that was pretty much, I was unemployable at that point. And so I was like, there's no way I'm going to go get a real job and work for somebody else. And so I, I, stumbled around, uh, you know, got a lead and uh, my wife actually gave me a lead on someone that might be interested. I actually sold a house and um, ended up that first year I sold like 10 houses and, you know, was working honestly. I mean, we've all been through, I was working, you know, like, like legitimately like 16 hours a day, seven days a week. And, you know, everyone's like, wow, that's so amazing. You're doing incredible 10 home sales. You must just be, you know, on the rich and famous. And I'm like, I'm broke. I think I made $24,000 and probably spent 25,000 back into my business. And I was like, this sucks. There's got to be a better way. Like we all get to that point, right? Where you're like, is this all that there is? Is this the dream that I had? And uh, so I knew, I knew a couple of things. I knew it couldn't work any harder. I couldn't trade more time for money. Um, And I knew that there was people making a lot more money than I was and had a better quality of life. And so I was like, okay, what's the difference? And so I really just spent the, really like the, I'm still doing it today. So the, the next 21, 22 years traveling the world, spending time in the smartest people I can, in their world, right? 
going to their offices, hiring the best coaches. And it's a lot easier now with, you know, videos and, you know, you're able to get on Zoom. We're, we're all not in the same location right here, but we're able to learn from each other. You know, 20 years ago is a little bit different. You're always getting on a plane. You're always having to go to conferences to meet people. And so that's really what I did. And that next year, I sold like 40, I think 40, 44 or 46 houses in like nine months. And I was like, okay, now I got that figured out. I got the systems and then I've got to start growing. I hired my first buyer agent and we didn't sell anything for like four months, right? As I learned how to then go from sales to leadership. And then over, you know, then the next year I did pretty well. I was on the cover of 30 under 30 and, um, you know, went over a hundred home sales and we've been over a hundred home sales for like 20 years, been, uh, you know, sold over 6,000 homes in the top 50 in America, done a lot of different things, but really it always comes down to um, the, every big jump happened when I got in the world of somebody better than I was. Hey, that's always what, it, I mean, which really isn't that hard, but it's always about how do you get in a better room um, and, and learn from those people and then come back and be able to execute it. That's quite a journey. See, you just thought you were just going to give like, what was it? I got my, I went, I sat in a class for 90 hours and I passed the test and that was awesome. Yeah, no, that's quite, a, that's quite a journey. So how long into real estate did you wait to start a team? Uh, about a year, like, wow. a little, you know, uh, like, a, yeah, about a year in, I was like, you know, I think I'd sold seven houses that month. And I was like, you know, it was like, is is silly, you know, like some of this stuff, you know, as my own transaction coordinator, I was my own photographer. And back in that, you know, I was doing virtual tours before there were virtual tours, but I would go out and take pictures. And then I'd buy this stitching, this photo stitching stuff, and I'd make them and I'd put them on floppy disks. And I'd sit there all night, copying the floppy disks, putting them in bags and in flyers on the houses. And, and I was like, I think I need help. Well, I mean, I need help in a lot of ways, but I'm like, I actually need like help, help. Like uh, I, I got really good at generating leads, but I couldn't, I couldn't work with them all. Right. So that's where, you know, people go, what's the best hire? I'm like, well, it's not a buyer agent. You know, the first thing typically, unless you're just kind of just want to give them leftovers, but strategically it's not the best thing. What do you think holds 90 plus percent of agents back from creating a team or leveraging like at any point in their career, let alone a year in? Cause that's super brave. And that's also like I say all the time that I was in real estate before I came in in 2001. So I was in before this whole like team culture really started. Like, yeah. um, and so you were like way a pioneer. Yeah. I bet people were like, you're going to do what? It, it was a little bit. Um, but again, I, you know, um, I didn't know what I didn't know. And so like, how did I do it? I probably, um, it might sound a little bit weird, but I probably didn't have a lot of the same hangups a lot of other people did. Cause I looked at this, I got in and I would go to like continuing ed events or different stuff like that. And like, I just never felt like I fit in. I just never did. I, I never felt, I felt like I looked at this like a business, like legitimately like, wow, this is like a microcosm of life. And is, I believe that as you get better, your income gets better. As you get, as your systems get better, your income gets better. And it wasn't like, like, 
it, it, like sales wasn't that hard. It wasn't like I was a great salesperson, but I was like, sales is a learned concept. You can go through and learn the best sales, but there's incredible sales books out there. But so I didn't have a lot of the hangups like, oh my gosh, what if somebody can do this better than me? I was like, I hope they can do this better than me, right? And then what I learned is that they aren't going to do it better than you that, and that you've got to be okay with probably 80% as good. And if they can do it, 80% as good, you just need to let them do it and go do something that you can get a better ROI on. But I just didn't have a lot of the hangups. I just think so many people are so hung up on, this is my listing. This is my client. I'm like, first of all, you don't own them, right? They're, they're not yours. You're, you're actually there serving and helping and solving a problem. And, you know, just like you wouldn't be, you know, blown away if you went into a doctor's office and they greeted you at the front and then, you know, went and they took your blood pressure. And then, you know, they were, you were sweeping the front and they were, you know, stocking the fridge and all that. You'd be like, well, I don't think, I was thinking the doctor maybe needed, I thought she needed help. You, you know, you wouldn't be like, wow, that's awesome. Like she's really got this going on. You'd be like, well, why, why, why is she doing everything herself instead of getting help? And so I just didn't have a lot of those hangups. And as soon as someone like percent is good, she might not be like as good, right? Like that's what I would think personally. And I think that's so weird about real estate. Like if I call my attorney and get my attorney on the phone, when I call the office, like that's weird to me. Cause I'm like, don't you have other clients that were the doctor, right? Like yeah. I, I would be like, well, that's not a very good doctor. If they're answering their own phone and stocking their fridge absolutely and i mean we all do that instinctively we just don't really think about it like we've all like we've all been on a date right we've all been on a date been married or, or something like that and like if you're gonna go out and you're like hey let's go to a nice dinner and you're driving by you're like hey let's go to i don't know some restaurant and you drive by and there's like no line and you look over across the street and somewhere else has like lines out the door and this other place has lines out the door all of a sudden you're like man i don't really want to wait in a line but I'm freaked out. I don't really want to go to a place that doesn't have a line either. So I'd almost rather go wait in a line and be uncomfortable just to make sure that I'm getting the quality that I want. Like nobody wants to be the person that you walk in and there's nobody in the restaurant. Everywhere else is packed. You're like, did I make the wrong choice? Yeah. I wonder if it comes from a place like where we, we just, as people in this industry, just decide that we are not worthy enough maybe of starting a team or delegating, or we think that people are going to realize that when they're calling for us and they want us, that they can't always have us. And that's going to mean that we lose our business. Like, how do you just get past that? Because I have clients across the country that are calling me saying, I need you, but in this state, I'm like, I have no idea who that's going to be. I mean, I can hire somebody, you know, for you guys, that's going to be similar to me, but I don't know how I'm going to physically be able to replicate that experience that you had with me um, in a five minute conversation on the phone with another agent across the country. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, But delegating has always been a really big challenge for me. And I think it's because I don't want people's experience to falter. I want them to still get me um, Mm -hmm. and my level of service, but I have to be okay with some things not being perfect. And that's really hard for me. Yeah. And I would say there's, there's oftentimes people reach out to me and say, Hey, do you have a referral for an agent? And so, you know, in this city and I'm like, no, I, I don't refer out to that city anymore. I've referred out to a few people and I just, I don't have an agent there that I feel comfortable putting my name to. So, um, I, unfortunately I don't. And there's other times where people are like, Oh my gosh, do you have someone 
you know, in this city. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you've got to meet so-and-so, right? And so I think we all do that from a, from a local perspective, when people come in, like, obviously I don't, um, you know, I don't, I, I look at this like a business. I don't go out and show houses. I don't go on listing appointments for a long time. I don't, I don't do those things. I look at it like, um, again, like try and take a step back. I look at it, it, it and not like I look down on people that, that are in the, in the sales of it. I think that I love the sales aspect of it, but I also look at it like a business. And I look at myself, um, like the CEO of a hospital, and when I kind of think about that analogy and think about like, okay, if I'm the CEO of a hospital, my job is to make sure that, you know, it's running well, that we've got the best staff, we've got the best doctors, we've got the finance and we've got all the, everything in place. And, you know, we've got the image and the marketing and everything else like that. And if somebody needs heart surgery or brain surgery, like the CEO of the hospital is not the best person to do that. And I, I with all honesty, I can go, hey, you know what? Um, when they ask me about some part of a contract or whatever, I go, you know what, I, I have the best people in the business that work for me. And so-and-so is the best person to be able to answer that for you. Or so-and-so is the, you know, they're going to be available. A lot of times I'm not going to be available. I can't just drop everything and go run and open a door for you or be able to do this. And so when you come from an authentic place of like, Hey, this person is better and you do a great job of hiring and getting better people around you know, they're not going to get you, they're not going to get the same experience. But the reality is like, from a, you know, I still think I'm pretty good at parts of the parts of the sale. But from a transaction coordinator standpoint, or whatever, in what world would it be think crazy that I would all of a sudden be as good as a transaction coordinator doing several hundred of these a, a, a year that like, that's just, that's just so much ego. That's just ridiculous, right? So we, we have to be okay with other people being better. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think my issues stem from I've now gotten out of the buyer side and showing houses. So I don't do any of that anymore. And now on the listing side, I'm kind of like not doing as much anymore and I'm just doing staging stuff. So I'm like, Oh my God, I'm no longer needed. And that's where my issues come from. It's like, Oh, I've replicated myself, but now what do I do? Now I have more free time. What do I do? (laughs) Then then you got to step up in your, in your leadership. Right. I I agree that there is that, like, what, what am I needed for? But then that the challenge becomes, okay, well then, what can I do that's going to push me to, to be even, even better. And again, since we have no agenda here and we're just kind of talking and I'm just rambling and stuff like that, I was just remind, like <laughs> on, on my board back there, I was at a conference and someone said something that just blew me away. Like it just messed with my mind for a couple of days. And he said, lead in a way, um, it says, uh, leads, lead so that I would be intensely missed if I was ever gone, right. It'll lead in a way and become that leader that everybody else around you would like intensely miss you, right? If you weren't there. And I think you can do that from, from a sales perspective too. Like, okay, so what if you died? What if you left your, what if you left Colorado? What if you let, like, would your clients even care? Like, would they even care? Um, and, and I think when you start thinking about that, would your team care? Would, would your clients care? And then if not, like if your clients wouldn't even care, then you're probably not doing it right. Yeah. I mean, I get that. And I think that, you know, in the back of my mind, obviously my agents will still need me. Um, and they'll be calling me by phone, but there's just something about being there in person and being able to walk them through a process or something in person. And then relinquishing that that's hard for me to let go of, I guess. So. Yeah. And it's a, um, 
one other thought I've tried to explain to, to, to people is, so I've got three sons and uh, one of them lives down in our basement. And, you know, I'm thinking, so what if my, what if my kids were like 35, 40, 45 years old, and they still lived in our, in my basement? Would you be like, now Curtis Johnson, now that guy is up for dad of the year. Like he is like, He's been able to make sure that his sons never leave the house and they're in the basement and they never really progress. No, you'd be like, uh, like what's wrong? Like, you know, and yeah, my, my kids, they got issues. I got issues. We all got issues. Right. But you wouldn't, you wouldn't be thinking that because you would say if, you know, if you've done this right, you know, all things considered, like you want your kids to flourish. You want them to go on their own and and whether it's get married and have a family and have jobs and, and be good people in the community. And I think that's kind of what we need to look like in this, in this real estate industry is I love this industry. I think it's incredible, but I think, um, you know, I believe that, uh, you know, real estate is a broken model. It is absolutely, it's destroyed and it's designed by this internal group uh, of people, not to get too out in, out in left field, that, it's designed to keep people um, just selling just enough to stay in the business, but not enough to actually have a life. That's what it's designed for. It's designed to have so many people in it that you that they they would they don't have enough to to get rid of all the rest of the agents, but they just keep them in there. <clears throat> and so our job is to fight against that and help people progress to where they can have a great life. Like why you guys are doing this podcast is to give people perspective and to give people strategies and ideas and expose them to people. So they can have a better life, a better career, and they can get out of the just survival mode, right? They can go and have this great experience. And I, I just think that's what it's all about. I think it's, it's, we're fighting against this, um, this old, you know, legacy model with, you know, trying to say, hey, let's, let's get people to flourish, right? And Angela, I know that you, you want, you know, people in your team to, to expand and to get better, but think about the, the design of this. Like think about just from a design, if, if you're a broker or a team leader, the old model was, okay, if they go through and if they learn, if they learn how to go do listings, if they learn how to market, if they learn how to do all these things, they're going to leave your brokerage. Right. And when they leave your brokerage, you don't get paid anymore. Or if they do, if they, if they learn these things, they're going to leave your team and not need you anymore. And so it's designed in nature to keep, to stunt everybody's growth. Yep. And that's where I think this next push in real estate that's what i get so excited about is i just think that there's opportunities for us to say you know what is there ways for us to be financially you know uh compensated by helping people pass us and and exceed us and i and that's what i get excited about yeah getting rid of the dependency and getting back to letting people be independent yes yeah Yep, I agree. I think that it's it's scarcity mindset and honestly like i think like in a weird way, the industry created that scarcity mindset big time. Like um, <clears throat> even some of my very favorite classes that I've taken a hundred billion times are rooted in scarcity mindset in a weird way, even though like they're preaching abundance. Um, you know, it's, it's like do more and be more and be bigger and be that. And like, it's just um, created this culture where everyone is... <sighs> We, it, they, we just keep it really small and play really small. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, so a little bit ago, you talked about getting in the room. So 
you took a picture with somebody at this event that Lindsay and I were at and I was in the background and I get a text and I'm like, they were like, how do you know Curtis Johnson? Right. Uh Like me being in the room with you was a really big deal to this person that I knew. Um, so if you had to pick one person back at the beginning of your career that you wanted to be in the room with, who was that person and how did they impact your life? Back, uh, back when I started. Mm-hmm. And now I want to hear both. That's such a good question. Um, you know, back when it started, like, you know, again, I, I just, I just started, doing everything. Like I was walking apartment buildings in the middle of the night, running from security guards, putting flyers on houses, like legitimately hiding. There was one time I was running from them and I rolled under a car waiting for the security guy to go by (laughs) and I was laying in oil. And I was like, really, this is like where my life's at right now. I'm I'm laying and I, and and I'm like, I've, I've run from cops before, but I'm like, I'm like, I'm putting flyers out. I'm not like doing anything bad. Really. I got arrested once. I think they like new agents today do not get it because they can build a hole. <laughs> Angela, Angela and I used to go to the hotel where the um, military people would PCS in and out and we'd put flyers all over their cars. And like, I saw someone in a Facebook group this week and they were like, I think I'm going to put flyers on people's cars. And everyone was like, absolutely not. That's so disgusting. And I was like, um, hi, I don't know if you know what it was like to be in this business before Facebook existed, but we didn't have a choice. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That was a good time. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'd say when I started, I was just doing everything. But one of the things I did is I, I went to a Craig Proctor conference um, up in Canada <clears throat> Had to be in in two thousand whatever. Like honestly, I got enough money to pay for my ticket there. I went to Canada for four days, I think, on twenty bucks. Um, I went and like I legitimately, I was like, I don't know how I'm gonna do this, but I went with twenty bucks. And I remember going, oh, I don't know. And I, you know, I didn't eat that first night. And I went to the event that that first day, and we came out of the break, you know, and there was soda and apples. And I, I was like, it was like manna from heaven. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, is this like the coolest thing ever? I was like, and so um, at, at that point, I, I, you know, Craig Proctor was doing his thing and he, he had a team of maybe 12. And that's, it blew my mind. I was like a team of 12. I was like, okay, so is that even possible? Can you even, is that even like allowed? Can you do that? And so that's when I hired my first buyer agent. And so to me, that was like, that was Mount Everest, right? That was the top. And, and I, you know, I've got a chance to meet him before, but at that point I was in the room, but it was hundreds and hundreds of people. I didn't even really get a chance to meet him. And so I would say at that point, it was like, I wanted to, I wanted to model what he was doing. I wanted to be in that room. Right. And I went back a few other times, got a chance to meet him and stuff like that. So at that point it was Craig Proctor. And one of the people that I saw up on stage there was uh, Jay Kinder, and he was his wonder boy and everything else like that. And like now me and, you know, Jay are really, really good friends and somewhat business partners and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, so to me, that was like being in that room was, was a big deal. Um, you, you ask now, it's so weird to me because I do believe that, you know, if you hang out with, with uh, nine broke people, you're going to be the 10th. And if you hang out with nine people that are absolutely crushing it, you're going to crush it. Like, I just absolutely believe that that's how it is. And um, I, 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 this last week, it's kind of been on my mind a lot about like trying to get in the rooms and <clears throat> a lot of other people going, well, you know, we can do stuff virtually. 
and I, I think that there's also something to having a digital circle, right? That you've got kind of a digital peer group. And I was just thinking like last night I was, I was online, I was going through and looking at stuff and I was like, okay, so is there stuff that's popping up that I don't like? Like, is there stuff that like is negative or, or whatever? And I was like, there's a lot of people out there that they're, they're broke and they sit and watch broke other agents complain about being broke. And like, that's their digital peer group. And like, and, and they can't understand, why am I broke? Well, look at who you hang out with digitally. Even if you're not going to leave your room, you're not going to leave your lot. You're not going to leave your city. Um, we all have those digital peer groups. And so there's a lot of people like at events. Um, I feel like wordy, wordy peers were already, they're already in my life. They're already, I'm already in the room with them. And they're like, Hey, no, this is the first time we're meeting. And to me, it feels like, no, we've, we already know each other. Like, mm -hmm. so that's kind of a weird and not really a weird question, but kind of my take on it is like, I'm already in a lot of the rooms, you know, I would say probably if there's somebody, you know, I look up, uh, not, he's kind of a weird guy, but I think from a marketing perspective, like uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, I think a lot of his marketing is on point. And so like, but if I was like ever in a room with him, I would almost feel like we were friends. Like I legitimately wouldn't be like blown away. I'd be like, what's up, Gary? Like, I'd just be like, that's kind of how we roll, right? So uh, I think we should be in people's world before we're in their world. I like that. I just had this conversation with a friend of mine who's like stuck in this like same space. And I said the same thing to him. I was like, look at, look at my life, you know, two, three years ago. And let's look at my life today. And the only thing that's changed is the people that I'm surrounding myself with and the people that I hang out with and the conversations that I'm having. Change your circle if you want to change your life. That's awesome. Yeah. Sorry, I know I talk a lot and I know I'm like totally outnumbered here and I've talked way too much, but <laughs> you guys ask good questions and I just like, nobody's talked to me this morning. So I had to kind of get it out. Well, you're here to, you're here to talk actually. Um, do you want to, so I was listening to this podcast that I love yesterday and they had on Rob Durdeck, who I don't know if you guys know who he is, but he's like one of my Robin favorite. Human, yeah. Robin, he's one of my favorite human beings on planet earth. That dude talked like I could see the host's eyeballs like rolling back in his head and they weren't even on a video. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Whoa. Um, he, he, my he son like introduced him and that was it. To talk. Yeah, he introduced him and the host was maybe able to get in a couple like mm-hmms like every every couple minutes. Um, but it was uh, it was amazing. And actually what's funny is he was talking about a lot of the same stuff that you're talking about. He was talking about, um, you know, how much like your circle and the people around you impact you and how you have to just be so careful with that. Yeah. Yeah. You, you have to be careful about who you, <clears throat> who you let in your world, who you let influence you. Right. And, and there's a lot of people that go, Oh, well, they don't really influence me or whatever it is. I'm like, if, if, if you keep looking at them and you keep, paying attention to them you absolutely do i mean that you've got to make some choices you know on people that you know you, you unfollow you maybe unfriend or whatever and because the reality is like you're different than you were a couple years ago right as we all as we started this journey we're different people and and we can't get upset <clears throat> that you know people are like well you're 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 different or whatever like i hope i'm different you know i hope that i you know I, 
I don't remember who I stole it from, but they, it was brilliant. They, they said, if you're not embarrassed about the person you were last year at this time, you're not into personal growth enough. Yeah. So I think that it's important that you understand, like you can't take everyone with you. Like they have to decide if they want to level up or not. Not everybody's going to make it to you next year. Um, you know, like you have to be okay with letting that go. And it's really hard for me because I like jump all in with people and I'm very hard when I, when I realize that that person can't come with me, I basically kind of cut them off. Um, yeah. because I don't want that anymore in my mental space. I can't allow it to mess with me and it does. Um, so I, I, unfortunately, I just cut people off like that. And that, that's, that's hard because the majority, point, so. majority of people don't want to, they don't want to level up their life. Right. They don't want to do those things. And yeah. when, and when they see that you're doing that, they see you as a threat because you're, you're improving and getting better. If they're staying in the same place, that, that, there's a distance, right? And, and they don't like that distance and they don't want to move right. with you. So the only option is either you've got to come back or there's got to be some friction. Right. Yep. I think that was probably what held me back for like the first 15 years of this business is being complacent and being comfortable and not leveling myself up and not surrounding myself with better, just surrounding myself with the same old people, right? Yeah. Um, Lindsay and I both come from new home sales. And so we yeah. were constantly in that same circle yeah. all the time um, of people. And we, you know, we didn't get out of it. And it was just like a shitty hamster wheel of people. Um, and so eventually when we got off that hamster wheel, we were able to, you know, change ourselves and change our lives. And if we would have done that sooner, we would be in a different place by now, but we learned a lot. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think that's something that's really hard for agents to learn and people to learn is that not everybody is going to be on this life thing with you forever. So different, different seasons. Yeah. So Curtis, how does um, being who you are now work at home and um, with marriage and all of those things? So like, you know, cause we're women, we talk about like all this stuff all the time frequently. Um, and it, I think it's different for the men and the women, but so you shared that your wife gave you a little window of time to get out there and sell a house and, and you understood the assignment, you did the things, um, (laughs) but like, how, is there a space in which like, sometimes you're like, I want to grow really, 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 really big. And sometimes people in your life are like, whoa, why? Or we're big enough or are you in relationship in close personal life with people that are as growth minded as you and how do you navigate all that um you know I guess this is the part where I, you know I'm always as transparent as, as I can be you know I've been married 26 years um and my wife hates real estate agents um for the most part and <laughs> you know like you know she's uh on the, on the disc profile, I know it's not all en- encompassing, right? But I'm like 99D, 99I, and like very little S and very little C. And she's like 99S and 99C. And uh, she hates, you know, she doesn't like, you know, marketing. She doesn't like being outgoing. She doesn't like any of that. She doesn't like people drawing attention to themselves. 
Um, she hates that I even have social media accounts. She hates when I tag her on anything. She's She's been to two real estate events in 22 years um, and she left halfway through one. You know, she's and, my husband. <laughs> yeah, and, and so it is a, it is a challenge um, in, inside that, right? Is because, you know, I, I, I want to, I want to do a lot more things than what she wants to do. Right. And so it, it is a, it, you know, it's legitimate challenge, right? I love her. I think she's incredible, but it's a, it's a challenge. It's hard. Um, she's been really supportive and, you know, and, and things are hard and things are good and stuff, but at the same point, you know, things are, things are really, really good in my business life right now. And, you know, and financially the, the reality is I don't really have to work right now, but if, if I didn't want to, I don't, I, I, if, I put myself in a position where, you know, things are pretty good. Right. And, and so, you know, probably from her perspective, she's like, well, why are you doing it? Why do you go to work? Why do you do the things that you do? Can't you just be, you know, her thing is like, why can't you just be happy? Why can't you just be happy with what you've got? And I'm like, well, well that's why I'm asking the question. My, my happy, my happy is trying to expand. That's what my happy is. Yeah. That's why I'm asking the question because I think for most high D's, right. Which all of us are, it's um, okay. So there's a, like this thing where people in your life like to go, when is it going to be enough? When is it enough? And we can't answer that question because the likely answer is probably it will never be enough. Um, but you know, it's, it's like I tell my son all the time, if we are only in relationship or friends with people who never bother us or have a difference of, of opinion, or we never fight with, we're going to be alone forever. Right. And so like, how do you navigate? You can't cut everyone out of your life because they're, they're not like grow bigger, read 50 books this month, go acquire a new company. Right. Um, but most of us don't partner with people that have that same grow or die urge. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually, oh, if, if anybody's listening to this and you guys have some great, uh, books or advice or whatever, I'm, I'm open to it. I'm always trying to, trying to get better. I, I know I'm probably really difficult to live with and be around and, you know, and, and, and you kind of, I always just say, you, you kind of mess with the bull, you get the horns to a certain extent. Right. And, um, it, you know, it's, it's not fair for people to have to live with high D's. Like you think about it, like it sucks for them. And, and I'm like, yeah, it sucks for me too in a lot of areas. And again, I'm not trying to be a jerk about it. I'm just trying to look at this. And, and just like, you know, one of the things even just, you know, a, a lot of your podcasts and things like that talk about the challenges that, that uh, mothers have. And I, I'm like, absolutely. Like I grew up with a single mom and, and three sisters. And, and my mom was, you know, she worked like three jobs. She worked all day and then she'd come back and, and we had a like kind of, I mean, I love my mom, but it was kind of sad. We had a, each one of us kids had a 15 minute block where we'd come in and we'd spend time with her and then she'd get on the phone and she'd work sales job at night, like from her bedroom. Right. And, you know, you look at now I've got a lot of women that work uh, inside my team and, and inside my organization inside of EXP. And a lot of the challenges that they have are, you know, especially we've seen over, over this last year or two, when, when there's challenges like, okay, uh, COVID or who's going to stay home with the kids or whatever. It's, it's not, it's rarely even a question. It's like, well, the woman's going to stay home. Of course she is. Right. And, um, and at the same point you've got, I don't know what it's like 60% of, of real estate agents are women. And, you know, people come to me and like, again, I hopefully I'm not stepping out of bounds. People go like, you know, what's the ideal person. I said, 
if, if you can be a woman that's on point, that you can, you can be on point with your business, you have such an advantage, right? If you can get that support at home, you can, you've got such an advantage because typically women are going to connect better with people, right? They're going to, in, you know, like they're going to take, people are going to take advice. I think from women a lot easier. They're going to take that first phone call. More people are going to, they're going to be less people are going to be rude to them. And so there's a lot of advantages when you can do it right, when you can manage those different things. And I'm not saying that's easy, but I do think that there's advantages. And I would even just go through and I'd say, I think there's advantages and disadvantages to almost everybody. I think we can't look at just, well, single women or, or mothers <laughs> have it harder or whatever, you know, I know from from my perspective, you know, there was, you know, there's a lot of pressure on men to be that breadwinner, especially when things suck and you're like, you know, you're failing as a dad, you're failing as a father, you're failing as a breadwinner, you're failing as a leader, you're failing in all these areas where, you know, society drops a lot of crap on women and then society drops a lot of guilt and baggage on guys too. I think we have to all be um you know, compassionate, I guess, to people that are outside of our little world, that everybody's got it hard. Like, in, you know, and my heart's different than your heart, different than someone else that came from a different background. And I, I love your podcast. I love the things that you guys bring out because you have to shine light on it so you can understand it so you can be compassionate. I will say that I think that you guys are doing an absolutely tremendous job in your peer group of um, men that are very awake and aware and connected and super inspirational. So that's really, really cool to see for sure. Well, I don't know if I drop into that, but I do my best. So I have, um, similar questioning, but, um, it's definitely an EXP question. So as an agent, I always look at the EXP, um, side of things as, there are a lot of teams in EXP, right? So you guys have done a really good job of branding that, right? As you know, there's lots of people that you can ask questions to. What are your biggest tips for leading the team the way that you want them to be led and like how you want um, to grow your team? Like bringing in the right people and that kind of thing. Like what are the good like meat and potatoes tips of like growing a successful team? Um, again, these are my opinions. They might be right. They might be wrong. Like I've led a team for what, 21, almost 22 years now. And I've done about everything wrong. Right. I get, but I've, I've learned from the best, right. I've been in Gary Keller's, you know, private mastermind and, and he's brilliant. Right. And I've, you know, from Remax, I, you know, had a team there and it was a little bit different, but you know, there was, you know, two decades ago, it was a little bit different, right. It was like, well, why, why are you doing this team? Why are you doing it now? It's like, everybody's got a team, everybody's got these different things, but really, why are you doing it? And, and so one thing you, if you're building a team, the first thing that you have to have, you've got to want a team. I know it seems really weird. You've got to want a team. Cause a lot of times people go to me and they go, Hey, I want to build a team and I want to make this much money and I want to have free time and I want to do all this. And you're like, okay, do you even want to do it? And they're like, well, no, but I want the reward and I was like, okay, well, that's not the, that's a, the worst reason to build a team. You, you've got to build a team because you either want to uh, grow as a leader. You, you've, you're so good at your marketing or, or you've got, you came from your trust fund baby at the country club and you've got so many leads that 
you can't work them all, whatever. There's got to be a reason for doing it. But you, the number one is you've got to want to do it. And what I've seen over the last couple decades in building a team is a, a lot of times people are building a team because they're they're trying to get over on somebody. They're just trying to get, we talk about leads, listings, and leverage. They're trying to get the leverage. But the sucky thing is, is when you're on a team, and I've never been on a team, but positioning, when you're on a team, you're the leverage. Like, think about that for a second. Like, when people, when the team leader looks at you, and they're like, okay, I'm, you're my leverage. You're, you're my, you're the thing I'm leveraging to get money. <clears throat> How does that feel? It doesn't feel good. And then there's like, well, why is there always friction? You know, and I've had so much turnover on my teams over the years. Like, I've done everything wrong. But trying to get back to your question, like what's EXP done? So I haven't been with the company quite at four years, but I'm one of the old time people in the company, right? And at the time, there really weren't very many teams. There was only a few big teams. Um, and I think we've changed a lot of those things because I, I think the mentality, in my opinion, is the old school was you were hiring people or bringing people onto a team because you're trying to, in a, in a way, take advantage of them. You're, you're trying to get a spread on them by that. Like, hey, you them going out and doing something. I'm going to get a piece of that. And you're dispersing um, the risk and all kinds of different reasons, right? And so there was, there was always this kind of like, at some point, the, the buyer agent or someone wakes up and they're like, well, wait, whoa, wait a second. Like for me to get, for me to have the life I want, I either have to wait for you to die or leave, <clears throat> Right. And if I leave, I got to go do all this stuff myself. And so there would always be this out the door where inside of EXP, in my opinion, what I know is it's the first model that's been designed to actually incentivize you where your number one goal is to help people not just survive in real estate. Right. But to actually pass you and do better than you in real estate. And you're financially incentivized to do that and that you can still stay in business. So in the last four years, I've had people that have been on my team and now I kind of almost look at like an incubator, come in, let me teach you the things and let me help you go off on your own. Kind of like the example I gave about my kids in my basement. The idea is you want them to expand. You want them to go forward. And where I think this model is designed for our time today, because this is the first model that actually incentivizes you to help people go past you and expand and to leave your team, if you will, at some point where that's never been the case because it's always been, well, financially, if you do that, you're, you're going to put me out of business. Now I want you to expand. I want to, and I actually want to help you expand and, and keep growing. And so I think the thing inside of teams is this next, where we're going into now and where I think EXP can really benefit us in, in this real estate industry is it incentivizes us to teach more, to uh, pour into people on our team more and help them so that they can be full agents, not just they can be good at this one thing, but we can be, they can be full and that we can help make sure that their life is good in all these different areas so that they can succeed us and, and go past us. So I think that's the next step in teams, not just I can see you as a, as a leverage piece to make some money off you for the three years until you quit, but how do I get you to, to see me as a valuable partner and to keep growing? Right, and actually genuinely sharing information with people and knowledge instead of hiding it, which is what you see at a lot of brokerages is we're going to yeah. only give you enough information so that you're still dependent on us instead of creating an independent atmosphere, which I think is really smart and awesome. So yeah. And, and a lot of people by your kind of what you said is like, they, they teach us as they go, it's a, we're teaching to be independent. And I'm like, no, you're not, no. You're, you're teaching them to be actually 
ultra dependent, like, you know, and, and the better the team leader gets, the better their lead quality gets, the better their marketing, all these different things. And actually then the agent actually becomes more dependent on that because they can't succeed without those things. So that's where I think this new model of just pouring into people purely because I know that there's a lot of team leaders that are just dirty dogs and they just want to take a lot of advantage of people. And then there's a lot of other ones that are just so amazing and they want to give more, but they go to these classes and they're told to only teach them up to here. Don't let them succeed you. They're, they're taught in our industry to, to kind of keep suppress people and keep them down. I just, I just don't think that's where our future in real estate is. No, I hope it's not. <laughs> well, we get to decide, right? Everybody in you know our industry, we get to decide what that is. That we, I, I think that that's where it's empowering for all of us to step up and go. Well, we can lead, and we can we can make this company, and we can make this industry whatever we want it to be. Mm-hmm. The collaboration is starting to come out more than the competition, which I think is exactly yeah. what this industry needs. Definitely. Absolutely. So I think you had sat on a Facebook post that you had like all kinds of new stuff going on and all kinds of new things going on. So I want to know what are one of your goals for 2022 and what are you hyper-focused on for next year? Um, you know, I've got a, I'm, I'm doing like three days of goal planning, um, next week. So a couple days of, for focus on real estate, um, specific things. And then one, that I've never seen, you know, the, from an EXP, uh, you know, realty perspective, like a, a 2022 business plan on how to grow. <clears throat> and, and one of the, the things within that is, is I'm going to be teaching, you know, I've been pretty, pretty fortunate in, inside of EXP. Again, I've been in for four years and I've, I've sponsored, you know, a, a fair amount of people into the company, but what I've done really well is I've taught people how to, what I call duplicate, right? Is it's not just about, there's some incredible recruiters out there. I'd be fired if I was a recruiter at any other company, like how few people I've recruited over the years. But when you don't just recruit people to get in, um, when you recruit them and then you help them win, that's where the joy is. That's where all this stuff really comes out. And so it's in, in duplication but so many people, I think, come into EXP and, you know, we see it in some of the other companies, the knockoff companies and, and different things like that. And even to a certain extent, when I was at Keller Williams, it was come in and let me see if I can get, you know, hey, if you join, I get something off this, right? Eh, it doesn't feel very good, right? To be the one that, you know, is, is I don't know, it just doesn't feel that good. And so even a lot of people, when you talk to them, just like when I talked about, you got to want to build a team inside of exp my my big goals are to help you know people inside my organization expand and have the same type of success that what i've had and that only happens where a lot of people um they're they're in there trying to see what can i get how do i take this and i've got to try to figure out a way to be able to teach this in a way that makes sense the only way to to get something is to give it first so if you want to be loved you've got to give love. If you want to uh, be around energetic people, you got to be energetic. If you want to, if you want to be around givers, you've got to be a giver. And so if, if you want to attract people, you've got to be attractive and you've got to go out and give people stuff without the expectation that you're going to get something back. And so my thing is like, how do I 
how do I go out and try to give what I've got, you know, and, and I battle, <clears throat> I battle this different thing we talked about at the beginning, like, I don't, I haven't gone on a lot of interviews and done a lot of podcasts and a lot of stuff. I get asked a lot, but I just haven't gone, you know, kind of to a certain extent, like, well, maybe I'm not worthy to do it. Maybe I don't have anything of value to go do or whatever. I think we all battle those different things where I think in 2022, it's going to come from a place of like, whatever I've got, I just want to give it to you. Like, how can I help you? What can I, is there something I can do that can help you? That's what I want to go do. And the weird thing about that is that's not like that's legitimately my intent. But I think if I look back at the end of 2022, I bet I bet I'll have grown more than any other time because I'm not trying to grow necessarily. I'm trying to give. And the natural thing that happens like a pendulum, the more you push it, the more it swings back in your favor. Right. I so the, I mean this in the nicest possible way that you could mean this. I look at EXP like a church, right? And like the way that people recruit new parishioners to the church is by having the parishioners like go out and tell everybody about the church of EXP, right? Yep. And so I feel like that's what it is. It's not really just about recruiting like everybody says it is. I think it's just people really enjoy being there and that's why they are telling everybody about it. It's, it's not just about, you know, getting in somebody's downline. I think that you guys have done a really good job of creating really big raving fans for your company and creating an atmosphere that people can train and learn and teach and a platform for that. And I mean, they've, I mean, yeah. I, I think you guys have some of the best realtors in the country. So, yeah. And, and I think it's, it comes from an authentic place. I even said like when I left uh, Keller Williams for like the few years I, after I left, I probably sent more people to Keller Williams than I, I, mean, I recruited a fair amount when I was there, but I recruited more, more people when I left. Cause I was like, Hey, you know what? We're, we're not a good spot for you, but I, I think this Keller Williams office, they've got a great leader there. I think you'd, you'd really enjoy that. And I think we've got to understand like there's a lot of great places out. There's a lot of great companies. There's a lot of great teams. And, you know, there, I've seen people come to EXP and have a terrible experience. And a lot of it's because they didn't change the people that were around them. Right. Right. And just coming to, in my opinion, a model that's incredible. But if you don't have some of the other stuff with it, it, it it's not going to work. Right. Just like you could go to almost a crappy model but if you've got incredible people around, your experience is going to be really good. And I think we've got to, we've got to control the people that are around us and, and even that digital peer group more than ever. Yeah. I think that digital peer group, I've, I've never heard anyone talk about that specifically. I just made it up this morning. Well, it's, <laughs> well, it's, yeah, it's brilliant. <laughs> it's what I'm thinking about for the rest of the day today. Cause like, I almost think that that's more important yeah. to watch than like your physical peer group because like if you're coming into my world in my physical space like I'm I've had some kind of vetting process right like <laughs> I'm you know we align pretty well you know what I'm saying like yeah. I, I've chosen my close friends my spouse my people like really carefully but there's like a lot of people in that digital space that I have access to you didn't or that have well enough <laughs> Yeah, but like, and I spend, like most of us spend an enormous amount of time in wow. that digital peer group. So like, if you're not watching who's in there and what you're giving to it and what you're taking from it, like that can be bad. I've never thought about that before. Yeah, and you think about it, you can almost intrude on other people's digital peer groups, right? I mean, you're like, hey, you know, you can almost just butt your way into rooms that you want to be in like from a good standpoint you're like hey i want to be in in their world and you butt yourself into that you walk into that room right 
Totally. And, and you can do that from a marketing perspective if you do it, do it nice. But yeah, it, that is interesting. I hadn't, again, I'm just trying to process this stuff over the last few days, but I was just thinking it, 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 how important your digital peer group, but I hadn't really thought about that, Lindsay, that it might even be more important because you do vet those. You would never hang out with some of the people you hang out with online. You'd never do it like legitimately, right? No. And, and like you spend so much time with those people though. Yeah. I mean, you literally watch every time they post something, you can see it. Yeah. So if you're watching the wrong people, that's much more impactful than if you're surrounding yourself with somebody that's maybe, you know, post or, you know, calling you and texting you about something that isn't valuable, but like when I tripped and fell into messy middle mastermind group, I was like, what did they just not like, I feel like I snuck in here, like in the back door and like somebody <laughs> let me in like at the movie theater and like, I wasn't supposed to be there. And now That's those people awesome. are like my digital friends. Right. And like, yeah. I can call them if I have a question. I'm like, I would never think that I could call Sheena and ask her about something. Um, and she would answer the damn phone. Right. That's like me calling Gary V. Right. Like, I didn't think that would ever happen. And now I could do that. And that's crazy that this world is interconnected that way. And we have these massive opportunities that we didn't have before um, Facebook and social media were a thing. It's super powerful. And I think that ultimately all of us that have grown through this business want to help each other. And that's why we all kind of, um, you know, tend to become friends because we all have a common goal, right? Which is growing everybody else around us. Well, I, I appreciate that. It's good. It's going to, you know, I think force me to think a little bit better, you know, refine a little bit more who, who I'm spending time with in that, because I, I do, we do spend way more time with them than the people that you might see every few weeks, but like impact you a lot. But then you've got these other trolls that are in your head, like all over, right. That you gotta, you gotta start cutting out some different people. Yeah. Or just even being aware of the fact that it's like affecting you or that it's there. Right. You know, like in real life, if someone like walked past you with a sign that said like Curtis sucks and I hate him, yeah. you'd be like, that guy's out. <laughs> that yeah. guy's cut off. But like, yeah, we there's, there, there's someone that sent me some nasty grandma, like a, a few weeks ago. And I just looked, I'm like, why am I still friends with that person? That is per that person would, that is, we are not friends. Like they don't like me. Like I don't respect them. Like, yeah, we clean them up. There's like no boundaries in the digital peer group. But that's well, thanks for being a part of my digital group. peer group. Thank you for yeah. being in my world. Yeah, us too. Thank you so much for talking to us today. That was really fun. I have lots to noodle on now for yeah, the rest was, of the day. This was, this was fun. I don't know if I covered anything of massive value, but I think we, we, we gave some perspective and uh, you guys are awesome. I don't know that our show is really like a massive value show. Our show is, <laughs> <laughs> I think our show is more like um, getting to know. More like getting to know you guys. Yeah, getting to know the people that are impactful in the real creating, estate world. Creating right. relationships with people that might need it. Like, you know, if somebody really needs to talk to you, now they have an outlet to be able to find you, right? Yeah, yeah. Trying to, trying to decide and, and decipher who you want in your world, right? Yep. Absolutely. Well, plenty of people who listen and they end up reaching out to you guys and, and, you know, yeah. have joined EXP or joined other brokerages just based sure. on stuff that's kind of shaken out over this show. So we appreciate you being authentic and real and present today and, and showing up and being here for us. So thank you so much for your time.
I can't uh, believe you've been a team leader for like 21, 22 years. That's so cool. I know. That kind of, that makes me old. I know. No, that's really cool. Like you're one of like the OGs. You have so much knowledge on that. Do you teach like team building classes if people wanted to take them? Do you coach on that? You know, I, I haven't in a while. Um, you know, I mean, I could probably, you know, teach a week of all just the mistakes I've made and, and stuff like that, you know, but I, but I think sometimes it may, you, know, you learn from the positive, learn from the mistakes and, and different stuff like that. I, you know, it is interesting. There's, there's a lot of people that, you know, go out and they teach you how to build a team. And I'm like, so wait a second. So you work at a title company, you've never actually built a team, but yet you're going to teach a team building for the simple fact that you want to pass out donuts and get people in a room so you can trick them into using your title company. I'm like, yeah. like, do people fall for this stuff? I'm like, like at some point, don't you kind of go like, Hey, if I'm going to go learn jujitsu, I need to learn from someone that's actually done jujitsu. I don't know. It just seems obvious. <laughs> you would think so. But then again, not everybody, not everybody gets access to, um, those people in their digital peer group or their real life peer group, which that's kind of more the point of our show is to help normal people get access to the really big minds. So thank you for being a really good one. If you've got normal people listening here, that's really, that's what we're looking for. We're looking for the normal people. Definitely not any normal people, not us. No, (laughs) definitely. Thank you so much though, Curtis. It was such an immense honor to have you. We really enjoyed it. Thank you for having me on. Yay. We'll see you soon. Talk to you soon. Have a great week. Bye. Angela, Jessica, and Lindsay are in the top 1% of all realtors and would love to receive your real estate referrals in Colorado. Connect with the homegirls on social media at the real homegirls podcast.